Hey, what's going on? This is your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at The Inziguri, and catch new episodes of the 2300 Podcast with DB Richards, The Basement Dropkick with Fran Lazardic, on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Well, welcome to 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sidekick, my craziness of a partner, my soon-to-be best friend. I said soon-to-be because I'm still waiting for his brother to show up, but that's not going to happen. Dave Keener. Told you, if you're going to call me sidekick, you got to give me the Robin mask. Come on, man. Still waiting. You don't need a mask. I mean, you still got to put the sidecar on the motorcycle, so come on. You're not scary enough to wear a mask. Well, it can be. It's sitting upstairs. But anyway, <laughs> hi. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Oh, great. Um, we got Quinn here. Hi, Quinn. Hi, Quinn. He's no, you can say you can say hi. That's no. not nice. Put that finger away. Oh, look at that, Quinn. Quinn's having fun over there. Quinn's Quinn's our um, sound guy, our producer, engineer, engineer producer, all around. He doesn't want to. Hey, talk. you know what? So if you guys want a good sound guy and all around great guy. Call him or text him at 484. He likes to text. 258-5812. He knows what he's doing. Guess what? What? We got wristbands. Is that wristbands? Wristbands. All right. Yeah, 10 wrestling, yellow and black all around. It's great. It's great to like have to because you can help us um, promote our podcast and everything that we're trying to do in the future. Sounds good. And we just got in 10 wrestling bead wristbands. Now, how much are these ones? These ones are six bucks, and the rubber band ones are five bucks. So the ones that look like a rubber band are five bucks? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, so if you want to help us get a mixer and all this stuff, please donate or please help us. We'll send you something cool, like these wristbands and cool bead bands. You can hear them. Cool. So please help. Well, it'll be awesome. Thank you. And Not just for me, but for Quinn, too. He needs help as well. And in the future, we will have T-shirts. T-shirts? T-shirts. Anything else? Oh, we have plans of making T-shirts and T-shirts and T-shirts. And um, we got icons in the future. We'll get you an idea. If you want to get an autograph, we'll send them and ship them to you. And we got wristbands and wristbands and wristbands and wristbands and wristbands. Hey, DB, what you doing? Hey, what's going on? I'm looking outside. No, I'm getting a little hungry trying to figure out what I'm going to have for dinner. Oh, we're going to have something to eat? Yeah, and you know what? I'm thinking about ordering from this place in Wilmington, which is like your area. Oh, it's right around in my corner yeah. on Marsh Road, yeah. Right, so this place is called Siddeley to go. Oh, are we going to go somewhere? Yeah, oh yeah. I had pizza from there the other night. It was so good. It was delicious. Anthony and Alex and the rest of the staff there make really good food. And now, they're even catering. Catering? Catering. That's the magic word. Right, that was a cheap pop, too. Oh, Catering. Right. For you. So now, they are located at 1806 Marsh Road in Wilmington, Delaware. 19810. Thank you. They're open every day from Monday to Sunday from 10 to 10 and on Sundays 11 to 9. You can reach them at 302-475-9000. Since 1982, they've been around. Authentic Italian food. Anyway... So, ladies and gentlemen, on tonight's show... Oh, something's on tonight? Yeah. Oh, who do we have? 
We have seasoned referee extraordinaire Becky Phillips. Ooh, Becky Phillips. Um, we're gonna find out um her story, and I yeah. love stories. Can't wait. Please give us tons of stories because we love stories. Can't wait. Becky we're... Phillips has been around. She's been all over. I've seen her in Maryland. I've seen her in New Jersey. I've seen her in Philadelphia. And so you've seen her ref. I've seen so her ref. You ref. I ref. So what's the what's the biggest topic we can talk about refing? Refing? Yeah. What what is the secrets of being the best ref out there? Just keep to your times. Keep to your times. Make Look sure the that. timing of the match is correct and don't go overboard. That's what yeah. I say. No, you know what's so great? I, I, I really love this business so much that it's from curtain to curtain. Not bell to bell. Curtain to curtain. <laughs> and like everything from the back all the way up to the end of the match, it's like so everything from catering until the last match. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I'm I can't wait to get her on soon and hope to talk to her soon and have some fun. It'll be fun. We got games. We got games coming. Sorry we haven't done it yet because we're we've been busy. So we're gonna have guests who does play. your does your uh, person have a beard? No, my person doesn't have a beard because I don't know who the person is yet. Oh, well, you said guess who? I thought we were playing the game already. We you don't have to. No, you're gonna ask. Has this guy been in WWE? Oh, that guess who? That's guess who. And I go, no. Right. And then you go, was he in WWF? And I'll go, yes. Oh, and if you if you get the if you guess somebody right now, um, Scott Hall. Wrong. So then you're out of the game till we start a new one. So everybody has a chance to play. Okay, if you got, if keep on listening. If the person uh, next week fan gives a question like, um, does he have a skateboard? And I go, no. Then so it's not Darby Allen then. No, it's not Darby Allen. Okay. So I'm just putting it out there. It's not Darby Allen. He wasn't in WCW. No, but you said skateboard. Yeah, I, mean, I just WCW and skateboard would have been um, Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace. And Shane Douglas was the one in my head. Right. So that if you win, what was that the what were they called the um. Dynamic dudes. Yes, they were. Um, if you win, we will give you a T-shirt from any company: Kalo and Elbow, WWE um, Shop Zone, AEW, um, Russell Tees, or Ring Honor, or TNA Impact. So any shirt you want, you get only one. You don't get a lot. We just one, and you just give us your address and all that. We'll get that shipped right to you. And we're gonna go to an ad. We'll be right back. And we'll be right back after this commercial break. The Integrity Network is officially brought to you by Royalties and Custom Apparel. Please visit www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. All one word. So what's the webpage again? www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. You can also reach them at 1-800-597-2517 and use promo code Integrity. And receive 10% off your order of $25 or more. So, Keener, um, what's that number again? That number, once again, is 1-800-597-2517. And use the Insiguri code and receive 10% off. How do you spell Insiguri? E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. Once again, that is E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. And how much do you take off? 10% off, order of $25 or more. Oh, let's do it now. I'm wearing the shirts right now. And don't forget, you can also receive our shirts at royalties.com. Ooh, we got shirts. We got shirts. Oh, we got shirts. 
Hey, DB. Hey, what's going on? What you doing? I'm playing a video game. Nice. I'm just going over a schedule here. Oh, we got a schedule. You oh, want to hear what's cool. coming up? Yeah, let's see what's coming up. So on June 14th, oh. we have Craig Prendergast. Oh, dude. He's the guy from DCW. DCW. He's done plenty of other places. Oh, cool. I there. can't wait to find out. Right. He's a good manager. Who's next? Um, and the week after that, we have live in the studio with us, Johnny Nova. Oh, I know Johnny Nova very so well. So I know him very well. Yeah, very, very talented kid. And then figures going through lists and everything else. And part three. Part three. Of Greg Spitz. Oh, Greg Spitz. Oh, my gosh. Part yes. three. Yo, if you didn't know anything, please look back at the old episodes of the Instagram podcast. July 5th is a show I'm actually really excited and looking forward to. Corey Castle. Oh, my gosh. Where did you find him? We got Corey Castle coming on the show. You guys don't know who Corey Castle is? Corey Castle. He's a a legend in independence. Right. He's been around CZW, ECWA, DCW, Delco Pro, whatever the area. He's been around. Around since probably about 2002, 2003. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Who's next? After that is a guy who's also going to be live in the studio is Frankie Picard. Oh, he's bringing the cast of um, Philadelphia Underground Wrestling. And I also think Frankie Picard is also part three. Four. Part four. Okay. Frankie's, Frankie's been around right. at the block a Frankie little bit. Frankie was the first podcast. Yes, he was. Okay. Who's next? July 19th, a show that I'm kind of looking forward to again. Somebody who I've known for a really, really, really long time. Another legend in the independence, O-Dog. Super crazy. Right, the promoter and owner of Super Crazy Pro Ooh. out of Philadelphia. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Guess what I'm wearing? Guess yep. what I'm wearing? I'm wearing a shirt. The following week, we have announcer extraordinaire Mark Adam Haggerty. Now, check out Mark Adam Haggerty's show on IWTV called Locker Room Dicks. It's with him and um, Chris, Chris Levin. There you go. So Chris check Levin. that out. That is our schedule coming up. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 2300 Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Keener, alongside... D.B. Richards. And on tonight's show, we got referee Becky Phillips. How's it going, Becky? How are you doing? We're doing great. A little hot, a little tired of all this COVID stuff, but we're doing good. So how are you doing with this whole COVID um, virus going around? Have you been bored? It feels like the longest day. Like, I've lost track of, like, all days. Yeah, same here. I I was trying to take out the trash, and my parents were like, no, it's a holiday the other day. You have to wait on um, Saturday. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, so let's go Let's go back in the beginning of your training. Uh, who trained you? Uh, originally, it was RJ Meyer, uh, the Bruiser, uh, Dean Guthridge. Uh, they were the coaches at MCW, but the biggest influence I've had is um, Mike Keener. He's one of the, he's the senior ref at MCW. And Jason Tanner, both of them have been completely instrumental in like my beginning development years. And then I was fortunate enough to have Joey Mercury for about a year, two years um, at MCW, and then at uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo. Well, that's kind of cool. That's That's like some good names right there. Mm-hmm. What was the best advice they gave me? Um, one of the first things I heard was from um, Mike Keener. He told me to treat it like it's real. So that helped me feel more confident in the ring to actually try to be like that law enforcement. And then something that Julie said that like really um, has been incredibly helpful is 
she told me this guy, everyone knows, you know, this isn't real. Like, the cat's out of the bag. But what you have to do is suspend their disbelief. And, like, when I first heard that, I'm like, okay, those are just, you know, like, just words. And, like, I didn't really, it was like an aha moment. Until I had, like, after we had a match at TCW, it was um, Punk Rock All-Stars, Dante and uh, his brother, uh, Francisco. And Dante and I were both being trained by Joey Mercury. And Dante was real big about, um placement for everybody and it just made it all seem just fluid and natural and I gave my opinion he told me what he wanted because we really wanted it to make it not seem like like I'm in on it you know like sometimes you see that rough distraction you just like oh, I'm gonna rest in on it and it, it kind of takes you out of the moment so yeah. that match just the placement of everything was so smooth and you would have never known that, like, oh, that's the spot Becky had to know, and she had to be at the certain place at the certain time. No, because we made it seem like it was all natural. And, like, everything that I made myself out of place for, I did it a couple steps ahead so that they could get that advantage behind my back. That makes sense. And, like, at the end of that match, I was like, that you know, it, it hit me on, on what that phrase meant. You got to suspend their disbelief. It's not just for the wrestlers. It's for everyone involved. You got to make it seem like everything is so seamless that... You know, he really is taking advantage of doing something behind that ref's back. It's not that ref turning around for, like, ten minutes, you know, letting them do something behind them. Wow. So that was another piece of advice that was just... I always keep that in mind. When someone talks about a spot, I think to myself, what can I do to make it seem like it's natural for me to be there and for me to do a certain thing? Yeah, that makes so much sense. So do you have any pet peeves, like, in the locker room or in the ring or business in general? When I watch matches... From a ref's perspective, and I think a lot of us probably have this because we're a little bit more um, like conscious about what's going on, is when I see people misuse the ref in any way, capacity, whether it be um, them just like burying the ref like right in front of them or not using them properly for a distraction. There's like a million ways you can distract the ref. And I don't, one of the ones I really hate is when a heel thinks they're doing me a favor by having the arms out and saying, just look at me, just look at me. I'm like, why? Are we talking about like what we're going to eat later today? Like, do something to make fair at you. Like, do something. <laughs> like, don't just stand there and be like, just look at me, Becky. Just look at me. Like, that does nothing. That That's what hinders the match because people are like, ah, that ref's going on. Like, that ref knows what's going on behind their back. <laughs> so that's my, that's my pet peeve. That and having someone put their hands on me. Um, if I'm in a match with someone I don't know and, and they do put their hands on me, um, the more experience I get, the more, I guess, confidence I get in myself, I will push them and, like, kind of shoot, be like, don't you ever touch me. Like, for one thing, a ref should be that way. Like, don't you do that. Like, don't touch me. And just as a personal thing, I'm just like, don't do that. So, so those are some of my pet peeves. Yeah. And I got a lot of pet peeves as a fan. <laughs> and I see it all <laughs> I see it all the time. It's like I, I, I watch everybody. You know what I mean? I, 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 I scream at Keener sometimes for some of this stuff. And <laughs> Even when I'm not refing and, like, if I'm watching something on TV and I notice a spot that's screwed up, I'll freak out about it. It's just one of mine as well. My, my pet peeve is when a referee is counting, um, counting somebody out, and the referee and the referee stops counting. And the guys are still fighting out there. I'm like, nine, ten, ding, 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 it's over. Yeah. And Yeah, I've had spots like that where they forgot. And I'm like, oh, what, what happened? When just, you guys never got in. I had to call it. It's one of my pet peeves. I'm like, can you just finish the match and just end it as a double count out? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of discredits you as, as the authority in there. Yeah. Right. Like, do you, like, if a promoter gets, do they ever get upset if you had to count them out? So, at MCW, if I were to ever do that, they would not. Like, 100% would not get mad at me. 
Okay. Um, I've been down at NXT, and they, they too are, yeah, go ahead and do it. Like, if the talent isn't paying attention, like, that's on them, and you, they need to learn. I've never been out on an indie where that's, that's happened, thank God. Um, I'd imagine, depends on the promoter, like, the places I go to, um, I mean, thank God, knock on wood, really take the rough seriously. Like, now I'm part of a ball, so mm-hmm. um, I, I have, like, I'm pretty sure that if something were to happen and, and I had to start counting and working with the talent, you know, like, trying to get them back in the ring and I had to do a count out, I, I personally believe um, Evolve wouldn't get mad because they're affiliated with um, the WWE, so I've, they also take the refs, like, incredibly serious. Mm-hmm. I've never been on an indie where it's, um, it's ever happened, and I feel like it depends on the promoter. If, yeah. You know, they want to, like, back up the ref or not. Makes sense. Yeah, I was, um, Violence said me, like, a match. And I'm watching, and I'm like, dude, um, how long has that referee been refereeing? Because she did, wasn't doing anything right. And I'm like, wow, she's just not doing anything. This is horrible. <laughs> but, um. It takes you by the match when you see that. When you see someone, like, not enforcing any type of rules. Like, I, I, when I watch wrestling, I watch everybody. I watch from the ring announcer. Curtain to curtain, mostly, you know what I mean? I watch everything. I want to see what everybody does. It's fun. It's, it's a little my thing. I take things apart and go, ooh, I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you can learn from absolutely anyone. I learn from the fans. I know sometimes, like, if I if I listen to the fans and, like, I do something and I, and I hear, like, a negative reaction, it'll make me evaluate what I did. Like, yeah. One of the biggest things, I'm going down to NXT, they, they um, taught me the stance of placing your hands. No, no, Chris Rock. Chris Rock taught me that. Putting your hands kind of like up at your hips and like leaning forward. I guess an active stance like you're ready to move. Mm-hmm. Well, I did that at a show, but I didn't realize the importance of having your hand there. And I had kind of my hands on my knees. And I remember hearing someone in the audience like scream, what's the matter, Becky, are you tired? I was like, <laughs> oh, that's why you took an active stance. So it looks like you're, you're like lazy putting your hands on, the, on your knees. So I learned from everyone, like listening to fans as well. So, did you get into wrestling, like, not as a kid, you know what I mean, growing up, did you watch it in the um, beginning when you were a kid, or did you start watching when you were a little bit older? Oh, man. I'm a baby of the 80s. Okay. So, yeah. I loved it in the 80s. They were superheroes when I was a kid. Um, but then when I got to the Attitude Era in, like, the late 90s, I started to become a teenager, um, I wasn't into that. Like, I wasn't really into the, the raunchy, like... R-rated type of yeah. wrestling they were doing. So I got out as a teenager, um, but then I came back 2014, at the end of 2014, uh, NCW, which thank God is only like five minutes down the road for me. They were having um, like legends come, and I'm a huge Bret Hart fan. And the guy I was dating at the time bought me tickets to the show. So we went and I got an autograph with him, and we stayed for the show. And I tell you what, I felt like a five-year-old again. Like I, I was screaming and doing and I had no idea who the people were in the ring, but MCW's <laughs> production is so good that you don't need show. to know. Like, the way that they present them coming out, you automatically know who's good and who's bad. And I was floored. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm five again. <laughs> and I remember the, the ring announcer, um, guy named uh, Al, he said that that was a training uh, place, you know, check the website out, blah, 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 we train. So I'm really uh, spontaneous. And, like, I wanted to just, like, leap into the ring and be like, sign me up now. I don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I was like, Becky, give yourself a couple months. A couple months, if you're still thinking about this, like, beginning of 2015, I'll allow you to sign up. Yeah, I couldn't stop thinking about it, so then I went and signed up. Was your parents supportive for you to go and getting into this? 
<laughs> and that laugh says it all right there. Oh, you're the first <laughs> one out of everybody. Start laughing. <laughs> I, I, to, I was like 32 when I started. <laughs> I mean, I didn't talk right away because I like, don't see him every day. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college when I was like 27. I remember getting mail at my house. Like, I own a house. I was getting mail from Towson being like, to the parents of Rebecca Phillips. I'm like, I'm going to school. Like, my parents have nothing to do with this. They're just playing with someone else's parents support me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love you. My parents didn't want us to do it. Me or Mike. They hated the fact that we both did it. Oh, really? Yeah. My mom would never come to any show when Mike was on it. Oh, no! She came to one show. Mike took a power bomb from a guy named Harley Race, and she said, Nope, never again. It was like a book. Harley Lewis, rather. (laughs) Did you just say? Yeah, I did. But I mean, getting back to her talking about the five year old thing. Uh, my son was 12 at the time, and we went down there for the uh, the Four Horsemen reunion. And I walked in, and yeah, I felt like a five-year-old again. I've never seen an independent show with that many people. It was so great. <laughs> she's, she's giggling. I love it. It's like, it's a, I mean, it's a cool feeling to feel that, like, Right. And I mean, even when we went and did icons, it was so awesome to sit there and talk to these people. Mm-hmm. When I went to see um, So the crazy thing is, I am a big Bret Hart fan, and um, I got I got his book signed, and I framed it. So when I saw Bret Hart last year, and I showed him the book, and he had a tear in his eye, and he said, thank you. That's my whole career in there, and you did this because I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And I was like, I just wanted to show you, man. I showed, I showed his nephew, Harry, and I showed um, um, Brian Pillman the picture of his book framed, and... Uh, who else did I show? I showed somebody else and I can't remember. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was, was cool. Um, so on the next question, what are your dreams? For the pandemic to be over. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, that's a good dream. That's I love dream. that idea. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in the business and everything else, do you have a dream? Like, where would you like to go and where would you I'm like enjoying, to be? I'm enjoying everything. I'm enjoying absolutely. Okay. So, when I started in 2015, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Started doing nothing, caught on to it real quickly, really loved it. Had no idea at all that, like, any company would ever see me. My idea was just to stay in the military and, you know, do wrestling for fun on, like, the weekends and, you know, train during the week. So, when WWE contacted me and I went down there for some tryouts, it just blew me away. And I kid you not, I smiled like the entire time I was down there. <laughs> like, probably creeped them out. Like, I was just so happy I smiled the entire time. So, my mentality is like, I'm enjoying this ride, and I'm going to love every single second I'm in it. I'm not going to compare myself. I'm not going to look at anybody else's journey, because it's not mine. Mine is awesome, and I love it. I love every single person I've met. And I love, like, 
all the opportunities I've ever gotten. And right now, being part of Evolve, I couldn't be happier. Like, I'm smiling thinking about it. Like, just talking, you probably hear the smile on my face. Um, I know some people that are that are in the business that are in, like, really, like, great places. Like, places that everyone just dreams to be. And they just cloud themselves with, like, negativity. And it's their own negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at other people's journeys and being like, why am I not doing that? Why don't I get this? You know, what's going to happen to me a week from now, a year from now? And when I see that, it breaks my heart because it's like, you are in, like, just love it. Just love what you do. Just love it. And if you're getting a paycheck, love it even more. Take everything in. So that's, saying that to other people, like, really makes me feel it for myself. So I have no no definite goal, but I definitely love the path I'm on, and I'm going to keep staying on this path because I'm excited to see where it's going. Hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> so... The next question has a backstory to it. So, DB, you want to tell the backstory to the next question? Oh, the the dream one? Like no, the catering. Oh, the catering. Oh, catering. What is your favorite catering from what any business of you went to like work at? So who had we, the best we were, catering? We were at a house of hardcore show. We were hanging out with Meanie, and Meanie has to ring. He goes, "Yeah, I'm not here to wrestle. I'm just here for a cheap pop and catering." So ever since then. We've decided to ask the catering question, like, who has the best catering? So, who has the best catering to you? Like, what show has the best food? Yeah, the best food. Yeah. Is. <laughs> is there, I feel like you guys know. I feel like you guys know. Oh, yeah. One of the things I absolutely love about NCW is I love making food for everyone. I, mean, I was in the back one time, and yeah. Oh, for MCW? <laughs> really think I could catering? There was good food back there. I heard 1CW has um, Popeye chicken. <laughs> so what I do is I have like I probably own I'm not gonna lie like seven crock pots of like different sizes and I've actually had to tell myself like I've had to have a conversation with myself like Becky stop feeding these people like this meal you are kidding because <laughs> a lot of times I'll go home with food and so I've tried to cut what I make down now now I make three crock pots I definitely always have to have a meal for Keener. <laughs> I don't have a meal with raisins and uh, and uh, brown sugar. Oh, yeah. I get it. <laughs> and then I do uh, like two meats. Like I'll do um, pulled chicken or meatballs. Usually I always do meatballs, but the other meat I'll vary that with like pot roast, pulled chicken, or um, lasagna. Mm, you're making like, me hungry. Like, yeah. I'm getting Again. hungry. Before a show, like I'll actually start researching like different crock pot recipes <laughs> so I can do something different <laughs> but definitely the two staples everyone likes the meatballs and everyone likes the um the oatmeal okay okay oatmeal is good I'm a cream of wheat guy myself but queen of wheat we're we're figuring out what we like to eat yeah. I like food just give me food in I'm general <laughs> I'm more of a potato guy give me potatoes and I'm like the happiest person in the world Table oh, wow. What's that? You're cheap <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just eat mashed potatoes, shepherd's pie, and I'm like happy. <laughs> I love her laugh. <laughs> it's like Betty Rubble. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Okay. Um. Do you have a favorite match that you wrapped so far? I would say all the dark matches I've done with the Ring of Honor with people at the dojo. Okay. Those are all my favorites. So 
matches I've had with like Ken Dixon, Joe Key, Dante, Ryo, Ryan Johnson, whenever we do matches, um, because we're all so aware of like the logic we have to do and the placement everyone needs to be in, those matches are always phenomenal. I actually had to post one to a group I'm part of. They wanted everyone's like best match. I was going through and I found the match from February Ring of Honor down in, um, I think it was Tampa or Lakeland. It was one of the two Florida spots we did back in February of last year, or April of last year. It was um, the Kid Pacifico, Ryo, against Dante and Brian Johnson. And when I rewatched it, there's only one thing that I did that I didn't like. And you could tell that I was about to start my count, but Dante didn't look. I like people looking in the face when I tell them I'm going to count. I don't like to do it behind their back and not have them aware. Mm-hmm. So I said, so I put my hand up about the count, but then I realized Dante wasn't paying attention. So then I put my hand on his shoulder and I kind of iggied him. And then I started my count. The only thing I did that I didn't like, because I didn't like to look like I hesitated to count. But other than that, there was, there was three spots that they did something behind my back. And all those spots, like when I watched it, I'm just like, ah, I look, it looks like I'm, like it's smooth. Because we talked it out and we, um, we already like logically placed everything. And it was great. It's, it's a really good match. One that I can have on, like, video and send someone. Yeah. So, do you have any, like, road trip stories? Because um, yeah, Dave Kanner has a great one, if you want to hear I, it. I'm sure you do. I, I have none, so I Oh, gosh. It, this, okay. uh, this, 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 here's the story. I fell Lisa, asleep in the back of the car and started getting growled. I want to tell the story. So, <laughs> so, I started off with the podcast with my other friend, my other show that we do, and we're trying out interviews. So, Knowing Dave, it's like, oh, let's get Dave. It's a constant rib. Yes, it's a constant rib, and it's going to keep on going. <laughs> so um, he goes, oh, I have, a, I have a road trip story. I'm like, oh, can you please tell us? He goes, yeah, um, Mike, Gangrel, and me, we were driving down the road, and Gangrel fell asleep. And I'm you over here asleep. going, and I'm going over here going. And he goes, no, that's it. That's the end of the story. We all fell asleep. <laughs> so... So I'm like, oh, okay. So every time I bring people on that knows Dave very well, and we um, tell the story to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he's like, he's like ready to give me a chop, and I don't like chops. So we're going to move on. <laughs> so so <laughs> I love her laugh. It makes me laugh. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, table five. Okay, we got we got a um, thing we like to bring up. Table five. You can pick anybody you want to sit at your table. You're the fifth person, so you pick four. Who who would you put at your table? Oh man! And pick anybody. Or the rest of the anybody. Day? You can say somebody that helped you in your career. Um, we had one person say his father. Um, some people said legends that they watched growing up. Anybody you want. Bruiser, RJ Meyer, Keener. Oh my gosh, Dan McDevitt, the owner of MCW. I don't know if you've ever talked to that man. That man's hysterical. <laughs> that guy is a riot. And I love that when he tells stories, he makes himself laugh. Like, because sometimes when like, I'll do something, I'll laugh harder than anybody else is listening. <laughs> he does that. But like, you could be like across the room, and when he's telling a story, he starts laughing, you start laughing. It's like a contagious. <laughs> but definitely that man. That man's funny. Oh gosh, I love I like it when people start laughing. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like when it makes other people laugh. Like, they don't know what they're laughing for or about. Do you, do you have a funny story that you have that, 
that made that made you laugh the whole time and like oh. from somebody that gave you a story and you're like oh this story you don't have to name the person but you can say the story if you want um. <laughs> oh she's laughing already good <laughs> all right one time well, i was down at uh NXT Performance Center to uh, do a tryout. It was me, um, Aubrey from AEW, mm-hmm. and Yali Stewart. Okay. And we just did our um, tryout match in front of everybody. It was like a big production. So we all went upstairs to um, get changed, get ready. And I thought it was just the three of us in there. And I was smiling. I was like so excited. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm having so much fun. And then uh, one of the wrestlers, I don't know if you know uh, Justin Duke, she was. I don't know, she was sitting down, leaning against a locker, and she had her head down, and she had her hood up. I thought it was a pile of laundry. Like, I didn't even really pay attention to it. And then suddenly she popped up and goes, I didn't know we were having female wrestlers here, referees <laughs> here, and I screamed. Like, she was right behind me, and I literally jumped up off the floor and screamed. It scared me. And that makes me laugh. Every time I see her, she remembers that. But that makes me laugh so hard, because I was, like, all giggly, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> 180. It was like, oh my god! Just, just you imagine Becky sitting there going, "What the fuck?" Like <laughs> <laughs> um, how was the um, tryout with um, NXT? Uh, the one I had in September of 2018. That was awesome. Oh man. Okay, so that was really awesome. And when I told Keener, like, one of the compliments I got, because they actually said something I did reminded them of Keener. Oh, really? So I, I told him, and he just sent me back a thumbs up. <laughs> That, that's so, awesome. I thought that meant like I offended him or something, but then I found out that that's like that's that's just him. Does that mean he likes you? <laughs> like, that's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> so when I did my match, it was um Cassius Uno okay. and um a guy named Stacy. He's not there anymore. He was um he was in NXT, but he left like a year or two ago. Okay. Um, he just uh I guess ended his contract. It was his first match. So Kasha told me that there's a spot where it would be like a, a very, uh, a very close stick out. Um, and he told me the spot before it, and I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, this is his first match. And he walked away. I'm like, oh, this is his first match. I'm like, all right, that's, be prepared for him not to kick out in time and for me to hit the mat. Like, I already had that prepared in my head. And I know what Keener taught me is if you do hit, if you can, as long as you are adamant and it is a quick, nope, nope, it was so close, you can get, you know, you can do it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, if I do hit, you know, I got to make sure, even if I do three, three, I got to make sure I wave it off. Like, no, 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 that was so close. That was so close. And then it happened, and my hand did hit the three. I didn't say it, but my hand did hit, and then he kicked out. So I jumped up, and I looked at uh, Drake and Eddie, for uh, the two wrestlers NXT. They yeah. were sitting there at the bell table, and I looked at them, and I was like, no, 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 that was so close, so close. And I kind of did mannerisms that, like, Kena would do. Mm. It's like he, he trained me. Of course, you're going to gonna get a little bit of the flavor of the person that <laughs> trained you you're gonna kind of you know emulate what they what they show you i kind of had that little bit of mannerisms with him so when the three of us went upstairs and the nxt all the um referees were talking to the three of us and it got to my part and i i'm not gonna lie the entire time they were talking i was smiling <laughs> so the three of us are sitting there and i've got the biggest grin on my face so when they got to me i think it was eddie was the one that said it because they're like good job that's a good job for really being adamant that that was that was a two and not a three. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Eddie that said, that kind of reminded me of, he looked over and I was like, does that remind you of Mike Keener? And <laughs> I, I felt like I just slid out of my chair. Like when they said that, 
texted out of nowhere. I was just like, oh my god, I can't. And I probably even had that face of like, oh my god, like, I can't believe you said that. I was so excited. So when I got to my phone, like the first chance I could get the text, he was the first one I texted. And I was like, oh my god, they said this. Like, you just sent me back a thumbs up. You just sent me back a thumbs up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, Greg Spitz, you know? Sorry, who? Greg Spitz. Okay, um, he's been around for a long time. Um, I, he told a story about um, um, they were training him to wrestle just like Steve Carino. And um, Greg's like, yeah, um, I sent tapes to his, his brother. And he's like, yeah, um, what, you know you're um, wrestling like Carino? And they trained him. Wasn't Mike that trained him? Who was Spitz? Yeah. I think so. I don't remember. Yeah, and like... They they did everything to make him copy Karina the whole time. It's kind of funny. That's <laughs> But that's in one of my um interviews somewhere, and I don't would know. We had Spitz on like two times already, and I don't know which one it's on. <laughs> but um, let's move on to the next question. Back in time. Back in time. If you could go back in time, would you change your career? Like start it earlier, or or everything. I keep everything the same. For a while, I kind of felt like my age was my hindrance mm-hmm. to anything. But um, but then I realized age really doesn't matter. For one thing, I don't I don't feel my age. I'm 37. I don't feel my age. And I know sometimes when I tell someone my age, they're like, "Well, you don't look 37." I'm like, "Oh, bless your heart, thank you." I'd agree with that. I thought <laughs> you were younger when I first met you. Aww, I think it's just all attitude. Like I feel like it's just it's just your attitude, kind of like yeah brings out what age you are inside and I, I don't feel 37 um I've kind of thought that some opportunities were not were on hold for no I shouldn't say on hold were unattainable for me and I thought it was because of my age and that really hurt that hurt because I'm like I can I can change like my weight I can change you know my hairstyle I can change um how I myself in the ring but I can't change my age like one thing I cannot I have no control over but then I found out that my age is nothing yeah sometimes I did think oh, I really wish I would have done this earlier but the path I had was I joined the military when I was of high school so I had military like all like 17 years so from like 18 until like 36 35 I wouldn't change that like I would never want to go back and then not do the military. That was like the best. That was the best like part of my life that I can ever look back and reflect on. You yeah. Know? Like I did a lot of things. You know, I deployed. I served my country. Um, I got a lot of great benefits from it. Went to college for free. And I got a VA home loan. Like I would never change going to the military. It really structured me. Uh, you know, discipline. I got. It's it's great. Like I would never want to change that. What branch were you in? I was in the Air Force. Okay. Was that? We have a friend that um, was in the military, and I'm trying to figure out what she was in. And she's, like, exactly around the 40 to 37 age. Mm-hmm. I think she was the, I think she was in the Navy, I think. I can't remember. And, uh, one of my best friends that we service, so. But thank you for serving this country yeah. and all that. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's something I would never want to change. Like, I don't. Sometimes I do think, like, probably 5% of my brain is like, oh, it's so cool to go back and be young and do this. But then, like, the 95% is like, what? Like, no, like, you've done everything right. You've done everything great. And everything happens in life for a reason. You just got to take it in 
you know, open your eyes to it and just yeah. enjoy it. So I'm blessed that I found it when I did because then when I did get out of the military, I didn't feel – a lot of people are like, when you retire, you know, you're going to go through kind of like a change, like a midlife crisis, if you want to call it that, where it's like you don't feel like you have, like, a purpose anymore. You know, you don't have that structure. You don't have that uniform to put on. Yeah. I was really blessed that I, I had wrestling because with wrestling – me, I had a uniform to put on that kind of made me feel like I put it on my, you know, military, military uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also had um, a mission, which is the ring, you know, the story, the audience, like that's your mission. So every time I went to a show, it felt like a deployment because like when you get deployed, boots on the ground, everyone's your friend because we all have the same mission. Wow, so whenever I go to a show, I feel like everyone's automatically my friend because we all have the same mission. So I love it because I... I feel like I didn't fully get out of the military. I still have, like, a little bit of, like, the gems that I, I love about the military doing wrestling. Does that make sense? Yeah. Wow. So I feel like I'm blessed with everything that's, that's happened in the order it's happened in. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I was going to go into the Army, but my my mom had cancer. She asked me not to for her last um, her last wish. So I never went that way. And, hey, um, I didn't know what I want to do in my life. And now I found a hobby that I really love. And you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everything happened for a reason. I wouldn't be talking to you right now, probably. Yeah. Right. So it's it's awesome getting to know everybody. And I, I'm having fun. Like, the first person that gave me um, a shot to do an interview was Frankie Picard. And, and I will do anything for him. You know what I mean? So, got him coming on for a fourth time. Yeah, he's coming on for the fourth time. This time we're going to talk about his Philadelphia Underground show he has going on YouTube. So, that's going to be fun. So, I'm I love pranks and ribs and stuff like that because I do ribs and pranks you, you to, do them all the time. Oh, to all my friends anyway. Like I have one guy a friend, his name is um Rick Jackson. And um he went outside to take a smoke at the bar. I don't drink, so I'm going to sit <laughs> At the bar and just drink ginger ale. The apple juice story. Yeah, this is the okay. apple juice story. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna give this story. This is Got a great it. story. And he went outside, so I asked the bartender. I was like, "Hey, do you have anything back there that looks like beer?" And he goes, "Yeah, apple juice." And I'm like, "Oh, can you give him a glass of apple juice?" So <laughs> she's laughing already. <laughs> so Rick comes back, and like he takes a sip, and he's like, he's like. Something's wrong with my beer. I'm like, we're we're like eating. I have my phone like recording this, and um, he's like, like, what are you talking about? It tastes like beer to me. Uh, yeah, Dave takes a sip and he's like, dude, it tastes like beer. And I'm like, dude, he put it down, dude. I don't know what's going on. I'm eating my food, you know what I mean? And um, and then he takes an all sip. And he's like, no, nah, something's wrong with it. It doesn't taste like beer. I don't know where it is. And it's so funny because he doesn't know it's apple juice. And then I'm like. What are you talking about? The other bartender noticed what we were doing. She started laughing. He goes, "No, what did you do?" And like, and the and then I'm like, "It's apple juice." He goes, "It doesn't taste like apple juice." And I'm like, <laughs> "What does it taste like?" I asked the bartender, "Can you give me a shot of it?" He gave me a shot. And I was like, "Dude, it's apple juice." And like the next thing, we're we're getting ready to do trivia. I went up to the guy instead of giving the the name of our team, I got him to call us Applejack. Jacks and because it's Apple Jackson or something like that, something like that, just after his name. It was fun, right? 
and he was not happy with me for a couple of days. So, so thank you to the Duffers um, staff, Duffers Glen Mills. <laughs> so, I got a question: Have you had, have you been pranked, or have you given a fun rib or prank to someone? I have not. Aww. I'm like the person I am. I like super caring. I'm like super um, helpful. So hmm. I don't like to. I joke around, but I don't like to not cause harm to people, but that's just, like, not my style. So I don't, like, I'm the one that someone gets hurt, they call my name, and I go and, like, tend to them. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't really, I guess it's kind of a rib. One time during a match, um, we had a <laughs> big pop of thump. <laughs> Did he do his math? Huh? Did he do his math? Did the Steiner math? math? The Steiner math? <laughs> oh, my God. I've heard that. I've heard that. My boyfriend played the promo for me one time. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He was trying to he was trying to correct it because he's he's got like a degree in accounting like he's he's a math whiz he's like crazy with numbers and then he was trying to correct it and I'm like stop <laughs> <laughs> no he didn't do any math I probably would have believed him. Like, damn that sounds great he was it was like a uh, six man he wasn't really at the tag rope he was kind of like in the middle because it was like two people on that side yeah for um the six man <laughs> but I was rocking it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we don't okay. care. That's funny. You ever have a geek out moment when you're refing or anything like that? A like, geek out moment? Like yeah. If you're refereeing and you're refereeing somebody that you saw growing up, and go, oh my gosh, is this um, real? Some of the people I've, I've refed, like I refed uh, Hacksaw Jim Buggins. Oh my god, that was awesome. He was really cool in the ring. Like he he was good at like talking to me. I was kind of green when I had him. So, like, he would be, like, rough get in front of me, start backing me up, you know, and he was really good at helping. He was real sweet. I heard um, about that. I really have a geek out moment. We were doing icons, and Animal, Hacksaw, and Billy Gunn were, like, next to us. So, we're going out to get something. My son calls me, and he goes, yeah, I just talked to Billy Gunn, Dad. I'm like, really? How'd that go? He asked if I was taking up space. I'm like, what'd you tell him? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my son's geek out moment. My geek out moment was actually watching uh, Steve Carino and Dusty got our soul go over their match at ECW. That was cool. Ricky Steamboat for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, Ricky Steamboat's talking to somebody and he goes, hello, sir. I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> He's like, Oh, do you want anything? I'm like, yes, autograph. Yeah, Tito did that to me in ECWA. It's like, Ricky Steamboat. Oh, my gosh. 
And then, like, I'm, like, talking to Shane later on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, he has the greatest arm drags in the world. And <laughs> Shane's like, yep, I can't do them. And I, and I totally, like, said something, like, weird to Douglas, too. And I'm like, dude, you're short. <laughs> oh, gosh, I felt bad. But yeah. it happens, right? But <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing at We're having fun. But um, when we talked about Hexel, Jim Duggan, yeah, I don't know who it was. It was one of our interviews, and they they talked the whole time. Like, Duggan is that good. He just talked the whole time in the match telling you what to do this, do this, and this, and it was perfect. I forget who said that. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I had to go through all these episodes and go, oh, there it is. So going to shows, like – Take maybe like taking a break in the back, just chilling, relaxing, waiting for you to get on. Do you watch movies, TVs, or read a book on your spare time, just waiting for your time to go out into the ring? Um, every show I've ever been on, I've always had the opportunity to watch the match. Okay. So that's what I do. Like MCW, we have like a TV in the back, so I definitely like watch the, the TV to see what like other people are doing, um, and to learn. I always learn. Oh, like, I'm yeah. constantly learning, so that's why I just I crave watching it so I can learn. That's that's what I do, like in between my matches, or I'm just with the match I'm supposed to be with, and I'm going over like oh. um, stuff with them. Okay, okay. Now, when you go to the hotel, do you bring like a book with you, or do you watch the TV there, or just relax? I just relax. Just Usually, relax. by the time we get to the hotel, I'm like ready to go to bed. Oh yeah, been there. <laughs> um, do you have any fears? Spiders. <laughs> in the ring? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's happened. Uh, any fears in wrestling in the business? Um, I always fear making people mad. Like I'm gonna mess up and make people really mad. Yeah, my brother told me there was a couple spots that I messed up, and then the promoter called him up and said, "Well, your brother messed this up, and now a couple of guys are pissed off, and blah 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 blah." And then I I talked to like um, Lord Diaz, who works down there at MCW, and he's like. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with you wrapping my match. You're you're good. So it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> a lot of times we also put too much on us, and like something we think is like devastating. If you go and talk to them, yeah. or like whoever it was that you were in the match with, and you like explain like something like you're upset, like I hope I didn't like mess this up for you. Like every single time I've ever felt that way, and I've gone up to the wrestlers, always been like, oh, you're totally fine. Like it was nothing. Like you're way thinking like way too much. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, like I, I or know. Or someone getting hurt. I'm afraid of somebody getting like yeah. severely hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm always afraid when I see like big spots happen and and I see referees out of spots from oh, yeah. it and I, I feel bad for the person. I'm like, like I see, like I said earlier, I, I study everything and when I see the good referees like checking on the wrestler and. The ones that don't, I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody check on the guy. He just did something crazy. Yeah, I've like, screamed at TVs before. If I see where you can, like, you can tell the person's like probably scared, like they're hurt, they, they're probably scared. Yeah. And the rest nowhere to be seen. Now I've seen that and I've gotten mad. Like, uh, who was it? I, I, I was, I follow everybody on Facebook. I even follow you, and uh, and, and I'm like, I'm reading everybody's comments, and I'm like, wow, everybody hates everybody. What's going on? No, and I'm like, why is that all this drama? Somebody's always it's like drama on Facebook, and I'm like, wow, what am I getting into? Everybody has drama. I had one referer, um, wrestler come on, he's ready to start drama on the show, and I'm like, nah, I don't do that. 
Sorry. Peace. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about your career. That's why I got you on. Talk about your career. I don't want to talk about the other person that you have beef with. And <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's about you. If I tell a story, I'm going to tell you a story that from somebody else. But I'm not going to um, put beef in there because I every time I, – I always say this at the end of the shows and all that, but this is not the end of the show yet. But when you come on to my show, you become part of family. And, and and that's how I feel. And I it truly is. And that's why Frankie calls me up and he's like, hey, you're going to the show, right? Can you help me out? I, uh, I can't um, take somebody because I have to pick up my kids. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it. You know what I mean? If I'm going to the show, yeah, I'll, I'll help. And drive all the way up to the show with the re- wrestler. And he slept the whole time. And I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Did his knee hit the uh, no, air conditioner? But, but Frankie's knee, um, Frankie didn't have a car at the time. And he's like, yo, I can introduce you guys to um, Pro Wrestling Magic. And I'm like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah. Um, is it cool if you take Drew and Drew um, um Drew, Drew Blood and Devin, and Devin Moore? Somehow I had them both names like mixed up in my head, <laughs> and um, I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. You know, I mean, we're driving up, and it was fun. We we're all talking about wrestling, and it was fun. It was like, oh, I made new friends, yay! <laughs> and then on the way back, Frankie hit his knee on my heat heat, and the car was so hot. This was the winter time, and I'm like. I don't know how to wake him up because I just met, like, I met him before, but this is, like, the first time hanging out with him. What do I do? Do I wake him up? It's like, yo, your knee's on the on the heat thing, and the car is so hot, and I don't want to roll down the window because I don't want to get anybody cold, and I'm like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> he wakes up. He's like, gosh, it's hot in here. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I could have turned it off from my side to turn everything off. And me not thinking, that was, like, my little thing going, oh, crap, I screwed up. <laughs> so overthinking. Oh, thanks, Frankie. It was great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, I had a friend tell me to go pick up te- um, um, Teddy Hart, and that was a fun ride, and driving back to the ECW arena. And I was like, because Brett's my favorite wrestler in the world, I was like, uh, what should we talk about? This is a long ride. And he goes, anything you want. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm sorry about Smith passing away, and I my condolence to him. And he's like, oh, thank you. And um, and then like we started talking wrestling, and I was like, okay, my geek out moment's over. <laughs> uh, so do you, did you ever have a like autograph, uh, autograph signing, and someone came up to you with the weirdest thing in the world that you signed? What was it, or it never happened yet? Autograph hasn't happened, but I had something like uncomfortable happen. Okay. So I worked um on Aberdeen Proving Ground, like an army post, and I do IT work and I had to be in this meeting for um Advent. Mm-hmm. This was like three months ago. Okay. And MCW is once again like ten minutes down the road from that base. So like if anybody in this area goes to MCW shows they see me out and about, sometimes they recognize me. Most likely not because my hair is down. When you see how people don't recognize you yeah, because your hair is down and they see you with your hair up. So I'm surprised when someone recognizes me when my hair is down. But I was in this, this classroom. There's probably 10 people. And this one guy was kind of close to my age. Um, we're talking about him. And like, once he walked into the classroom, he was like, I thought he was the instructor. Because he's like, 
introduce himself to everybody. And that time he's just one of the students. I'm like, man, that guy's just like, way too happy. During the break, he came over and started talking to me. I didn't think much of it because I already kind of got a vibe for him that he's just like super talkative to everyone. And was kind of the only one sitting in the class at that moment. So he came over and was like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Like, small talk. And I was like, oh, um, you know, nothing really. I'm like, what are you doing? And when he said what he was doing, it was like something on a middle school, like fixing something. I was like, oh, I'm like, do you like wrestling? Because I did have a show that weekend. So I was going to pitch the show to him. And when I said that, I said, you like wrestling? He looked at me and goes, Becky, I know who you are. It was the most uncomfortable moment I've had. <clears throat> like, I, like, my jaw dropped. And I was like, excuse me? He goes, yeah, you're right back. I know who you are. I didn't like that. Like, that made me really uncomfortable. Yeah, that that is kind of creepy. Um, I had somebody tell me that they had a they did an autograph of a baby on a baby's oh, head, and I was like, a baby? "That a baby? Yeah." I'm like, "That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life." I'm like, and I'm like, "That's why we asked this question. I want to know what is the weirdest autograph somebody that's, gave." That's odd. It is odd. It's I'm like it's somebody. I I think it's weird when you get somebody to write on you, and I'm like. I've seen people, like, I've gone to cons, and I've seen, like, wrestlers autograph somebody, and then two weeks later, they go get that autograph tattooed. Mm-hmm. I've seen people, like, there's Motley Crue fans from the 80s that have that, like, signed on their arm, now they got it tattooed. Yeah. I, I, that's just weird. That, that is kind of weird, yeah. Uh, but, but, like, when the Bret Hart, I went to Bret Hart at the Blue Rock Stadium in Delaware. You know where that is, right? Yeah. I don't. Oh, okay. And Bret Hart was there and off. And I'm like, in line with the guy in front of me. And I'm like, so we, what are you getting signed? He goes, oh, this pay-per-view. And I'm looking at him like, Bret Hart wasn't on that pay-per-view. That's so weird. And I'm like, it's like, it would be cool to just buy an autograph and just pay the $5 and get that autograph and sign instead of having you write over Shawn Michaels' face. But... <laughs> But I did say to Brett, I was like, hey, just right over his face. And and Brett's like, yeah, he's not going to do anything about it. And it was just a little fun little fun little, little jab, jab little right rib. there. <laughs> but, like, that's my thing. I'm like, if you're going to get something signed, get the exactly the pay-per-view they're on. Or Do you remember what pay-per-view it was? No, I, I knew it was a WWE pay-per-view. It had um, Diesel and Sean on it. Brett wasn't on that card. So I don't remember what Survivor it was. Survivor Series? It could have been Survivor Series. I don't remember. Hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's, gosh, it was like back in like yeah, 2010. But I do remember my stories, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, it's so much fun. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a question? I'm good. Huh. So I don't want to ask every question in the world because I would like to have you come back on again right. in the future. Woo-hoo. Yay! <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, you are the third referee we have already on the show. And Chris Levin, Chris Levin was one. Um, Bryce um, Rensburg was one. And now you, thank mm-hmm. you for joining them into the referee of our world. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I'm part of the family. I don't count Dave because Dave's part of my family. <laughs> so, do you have any social media or um, shirts or anything that you're selling or 
to get yourself over or whatever. I'm so bad with social media. I'm really bad with social media. It's like one of the biggest things I'm trying to like work on. Yeah. Um, I have Facebook. Yeah, I got that too. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, Becky Phillips. I have uh, Twitter, which is Becky the Ref. And then I have Instagram, which is Ref Beck the Ref. Beck the Ref. I like yeah. that. That's pretty cool. I like that. You need to put that on a shirt. Back the ref. The ref. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> that's great. You should do that. I'll, I'll buy. I'll buy your first shirt. I'm down I with it. I've had people tell me that they want me to make them a shirt. I'm like, how do you know to put on it? Oh, I got a qu- I have a question. Um, women's revolution. Before we go, anything like that. Um, if there's any women out there that are, are trying to get into business, what is the best advice from you to give them? Just go for it. Just find the most reputable school that you can find and go and discover what it is that you can do in the business. I had no idea what I wanted to do. So walking found me. Like, I didn't go out and seek it. It found me, and now I'm just loving it. So yeah. if you want to be in the business, just go to the school and just soak in everything. Because not, not everyone is going to be um, what they what they set out to be. And if that's not your path, that's not your journey, that's fine. I mean, there's, you could do photography, you could do graphics, you could do audio, video, or production. You can help. There's so many things you can help with in this business. If you want to be a part of it, just go to a school and just, uh, just observe. Um, take it all in. And just be hungry for any like opportunity that comes at you wow that that is awesome that's pretty cool I, I'm, I'm down that was the best advice i heard besides um killian mcmurphy he he told all the um i love that guy oh me too yeah, i just killian bought it, i just bought a shirt i can't wait for it i paid for mine <laughs> <laughs> oh it's a, just an inside joke from killian to dave over here so i'm joining into that rib this is fun <laughs> so thank you for coming on um like i said earlier when you come onto the Instagram network the 2300 podcast you will become part of the family so welcome to the family yay thank you it's a girl <laughs> thank you for coming on becky thank you guys thank you so much you're welcome that was awesome that was man such a great show Dude, the third ref we had so far on to our interviews it's amazing. I mean, you had former Impact TNA ref Chris Levin. Correct. Okay. You had current AEW ref Bryce Remsburg. Correct. You have MCW NXT WWE ref Becky Phillips. So which means we've had refs from the big companies on the show already. We need more. Need more. We need more. Trust me, we got more coming. But I want to end this right now saying um, thank you everybody that's listening. Um, you can check out um, our Facebook um, page. Um, we got the league going on. You pick your matches and stuff like that. And that's up already um, if you want to pick your matches. Um, and we got next week. So we're going to talk to Craig. Craig so, Prendergast next week. So I'm D.B. Richards. On the next show. I'm Dave Keener. We got Quinn behind the soundboard. Say, oh, there's Quinn. Oh. You like candy? I love candy. I like candy, too. I love candy a lot. What about wrestling? How much do you like wrestling? I love wrestling. So, what if you can combine your love for candy and your love for wrestling? 
Oh my gosh, that's the sweetest thing in the world. So at Candy of the Stars, they put them together. Together? Yes. They put wrestling and candy together. How? How? You gotta find out. Oh. Follow them at Candy to the Stars on Facebook to see all the candy creations. And you can also follow them at Twitter at K-A-R-I-M-E-N-A-S-H-E. Should we call them now? Hey, I got the number right here. Oh, what is it? You can call them at 718-687-8804. Oh, can you say that again? Once again, the number is 718-687-8804. They also specialize in chocolate lollipops. Ooh, let's get some. All right, I'm going. Let's go. Get in the car. Let's go. We're going to Disney World. All right.